Brewmates, Brewmates, it's time. It's time for that, 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 your favorite time <laughs> of every fortnight. And it is called. Uh, tra- tra- trapped Under Plastic. The, <clears throat> the podcast for the miniature hobby enthusiast. We, we're going to talk about some sweaty balls today. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was our best intro. Yeah, that's the best one yet. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how we get any better than that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe by just leaving it to die and going right into the <laughs> other part of the pocket it actually is not bad. All right, you're embracing the love of D&D. Sorry, love of undead in D&D. Yeah, yeah, we're going to preamble ramble. Before we preamble ramble, I have a preamble. Is there a pre preamble ramble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came down the stairs to the basement when I got here this morning, and I looked over at the coffee table, and there was something sitting on the coffee table. There was actually two somethings. What were those two somethings that I noted, Scott? Girl Scout cookies and Oreos. Yeah, what do those things have in common? They're both cookies. Yes, particularly... They're both hard cookies? They're both hard cookies. Okay. He is a liar and a cheat. He is a hard cookie man. Don't let him make you believe otherwise. I already told you I convert Oreos into the softest cookies known to mankind. I don't see any glass. I don't see... Oh, I don't see... keep the, gl- the milk glass I'm down sure, there. Sure you don't. I don't believe a word you say. They're the peanut butter Girl Scout cookies. Okay. They have the hard cookie inside. That's true. I suppose when I'm thinking of soft cookies, I'm thinking of chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think of when I when I hear you say soft cookies, my brain just immediately goes to chewy chips ahoy. Okay. I actually have never really eaten those to like remember what they taste like, so I don't even know what that what that is. But like you go to the store, can you pick out cookies in the cookies you pick from the store? I'm not talking about homemade cookies. Can this topic die? <laughs> I just want to back you into the corner. And I like I, I like I like some hard and I like some soft, you know? <laughs> you know, that's how it works. All right, let's get on from this. <laughs> I decide we're not talking about cookies anymore. Okay. Not you. Okay. So I've had Curse City and Storm Stormgrave Blight Blutz. Is that what they're called? I think so. Stormgrave Blight Blutz? Yes. I don't even know what you're talking about. I've had those on my brain lately. But what are they? Those are miniatures. Yeah, but which ones? The They're the new uh, undead vampire army for Age of Sigmar. Oh, Soul Blight Grave Lords. No. Oh. Stormblade Blight Blutz. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you had them on the brain. They should really hire me to come up with the names of the armies. I think so. <laughs> oh, man, you guys getting that new start collecting for the Stormblade Blight Blutz? <laughs> That'd get everyone excited. Hell yeah, I am. <laughs> Um, so I've had Undead on the Brain. We're starting a new D&D campaign, Pathfinder campaign, and we're making characters. And I, of course, figured out that you can now be a half vampire in Pathfinder. Why not a full vampire? Because it would be too strong. Oh, okay, okay. Because vampires would obviously murder everybody so, okay. and get their way. <laughs> Hold on. What's a half vampire? Do you fight you with one fang? No, it's in, like, like your dad was a vampire. <laughs> And, and he humped a hobbit. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. You're a half hobbit, half vampire? No, I'm a half gnome, half vampire. Well, way to take the coolest thing and the lamest thing and put them together. Oh. But he's a half. He's he's mostly vampire, so he looks like a vampire, but he just looks young and like childlike because he's part gnome. Yeah, I hate this. Yeah, but like, he always looks like he's 16. Is that a good thing? That's pretty sweet. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, like a sixteen that like had a growth issue and is like three foot eleven. No, he's taller than that. He's like five feet tall. All right, 
Because his dad's genes, the vampire genes, are so much stronger. Okay. He's just a mostly vampire. Okay. And uh, so, yeah. So, I'm that. And then... Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm that. I'm that. And then you can you can play a sorcerer. And okay. So, I'm playing as a sorcerer. And why I would pick the sorcerers, because sorcerers have innate spell casting somewhere in their bloodline. That's They, they don't look in a book to, to read spells and learn them. They just know magic. It just comes out of them. So, that's obviously a vampire. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know? And you could pick what your bloodline is. And Wait, is this a vampire thing? This is a sorcerer thing. A, so you get, okay, bloodlines for vampire for sorcerers. Yeah, and there's all these different kinds you can pick, and it determines what kind of spells you can get, what what you're really good at. And there's an undead bloodline. Okay, come on now. Oh yeah, baby. So I will have the undead hordes rise amongst me, yes. and I just have to convince the other players that I'm not a bad guy. Yeah, I but think I, you can get away with it. But I'm a bad guy. Oh, oh, you're gonna be wait. So hold on here. How does that function inside of a cooperative game? Well, I'm not evil because I'm going through this this moment of not not really knowing, you know, if I'm good or bad or what what's life all about. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm like my dad just abandoned me. Okay. Lives up in this huge castle. <laughs> I don't ever talk to him. I have a stepdad named Ron. Ron's not my real dad, but. <laughs> He's all right. He's all right, I guess. <laughs> is Ron a vampire? No, Ron. So, so Ron oh, stepdad, not he's uncle. He's a stepdad. Okay, okay. I was like, this vampire's brother. Yeah, he's not just, a vampire. He's like a. I don't know what Ron is. He's like a. He makes like horseshoes and shit. Okay. So this vampire knocked up a gnome. Yep. And then the gnome divorced the vampire. I think he just left because he's remarried. a vampire lord. He okay, doesn't sure. give a crap. Yeah, he just he about just Cynthia. Okay. Oh, that's that's your mom's name. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She doesn't care about Cynthia. All right. And so I got a I got a quest for my own discovery. Okay. Who am I? All right. Are you making a model for this character? Um I'm thinking I might use one of I was looking at models, it's hard. I think I might use one of those um the Warcry cool dark elf ones with like the cool shadow cloaks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Canaanite something somethings. Yeah. Like a, they're cool. assassin. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of dark and broody and Are those Warcry models? Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. a Warcry warband. I was just thinking, is there a dark elf thing for underworlds? And there is. It's Mogweath's Blade Coven, which is the weirdest name. M O G W E A T H. Mogweath or Mogweath. I don't know. It's a hard thing to say. They're all ladies, though. Yeah, lady. All right. Uh, Bounce it to me. Uh, Amber bought me this cute little orange. It was plastic. An orange. It was yeah, but it wasn't the one you eat. Uh, it came apart into all the slices, and in okay. each, and inside each slice was a tiny food item. Like, the, the, could you eat those, or were they no. also plastic? So, like, imagine <laughs> a ranch dressing bottle shrunk down to like I don't know, ten times smaller. So it's like doll scale. Okay. So I had like that, and like a garlic paste tube, which I did not know was a product in the grocery store. It's like a tube of garlic paste, and you can it. You can, there's a tiny shopping cart. I love tiny things, okay? So I was very happy that what? you got me that. Is it usable at like a 72 no. millimeter? No. It's still too big? Yeah. I would say it's doll scale for sure, which is like you'd see at like uh, Hobby Lobby on like the, in like the back row. Oh, yeah. Like that kind of... That, I don't know what size that is actually. Maybe that's like a 100 millimeter scale in our language. Yeah, or one... They sometimes go by a ratio like one tenth. Yes. One tenth. I, yeah, I don't know how to map that. Like, I don't know how to map 75 millimeter to, like, a, 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 a ratio. I know it exists, but I can't ever remember it. Yeah. 
It's like when we go to uh, Hub Hobby and we walk through the scale model rows yeah. and it tells you the scales. And I'm like, this is in Greek. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I can't picture in my head how big this is. Yeah, yeah. Like, I picture when you say 54 millimeter, 32 millimeter, 72 millimeter, dude, yeah. I can picture in my head about how big that is. Yeah. You know, it's it's this, this, or this. Like uh, you do with your fingers. You know that. But it's like a the USS Saratoga. You know, one seventy second scale. I'm like, I don't know. Is that the size of a banana or a Ford? <laughs> you know, like I don't know. I don't know how the I don't know how big the actual USS Saratoga is. <laughs> right. Yeah. I didn't measure it. I didn't my tape measure, and then to know, okay, then divide that by seventy two. <laughs> okay. To be fair, all model kit people, probably most U.S. naval ships at that scale are approximately the same size so size you of know a loaf of bread yeah you know, you know so if you, if you know you know it's right? it's one of those things it's probably not that complicated no but because you've never looked into it and i the only time it ever registers in my brain is when i'm walking by those things yeah yeah to make matters even more confusing miniature like sellers will do ratios for busts so we'll often see one to ten one to fifteen those are the two i think we see most four mm -hmm. busts and i don't know what that means at all yeah, I mean, one smaller, one's bigger. That's it. Wonderful. Like you, I gotta measure my head and then shrink it. Okay, it's about <laughs> the size of an egg. Okay, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Well, it, the tough thing too is because for us, when I'm looking at a model kit, I'm looking at for greeblies, you know, for, yeah, oh yeah. for stuff. Yeah. And so I've got to do another layer of mental math of if I'm going to use this for like the gun turrets on the ship. They're going to be like, are they like super, super tiny? Or would they be like w bigger than the dude that's holding them? Or <laughs> yes. like, because you're trying to figure out that scale compared to your scale, which is in using a different set of numbers of how it works and try to make them fit. And you're like, I just eventually give up. And I'm just like, I guess I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're a cyborg now. I'm a cyborg. I've, I've gone full cyborg. So this week I got my uh, insulin pump, which now through... The technology of science speaks to my constant blood glucose monitor, and it acts like an artificial pancreas. So it, for all intents and purposes, I have an organ in my body that doesn't work, that now robots work it. Mm. So there's that. What I kind of want to see is like a little trap door that kind of opens on your body. It's like, and you kind of just like put like a capsule like like inside yeah. of you and that that's like the insulin and then every once in a while kind of pops out and you pull oh, it out yeah. and put a new one in yeah i feel I like that's see. probably a more invasive surgery oh yeah to but allow I'm for, for that are you so are, so obviously if you have that inside of you you are kind of you're kind of for cyborg modification are yes. you actually though like do you want your phone in your palm and your credit card in your palm is that what you're about uh, no, I don't know. It would be great if I didn't have to carry it in my pocket. That'd be sweet. Yeah. You seen those like it's like a it looks like a watch or like a thing like Fitbit like this, and then the phone comes out of that. Like what? that's the next level. Yeah, because they have that flexible screen stuff now. Have you seen that? No. They show huh. it. They showed it off like Samsung or whatever, and it basically looks like a piece of like a clear um, plastic, like the the screen protector that's on there, and it's fully flexible and bendable, and it's a screen. Okay. And so it, it's see-through, and then the screen turns on, and it's not see-through. Oh. And so it's just basically like uh, back at school when they had the the projector screens, and they pulled them down. Yeah. It's basically that, but it's on there, and it like goes out. Kind of shoots out. And then it, shoot, and it just rolls in. So that's the next step. Okay. I think I'd be for like that kind of cyborg 
installation as long as whoever is doing it isn't like evil yeah <laughs> you know like or like in any way associated with the u.s government like, right. yeah i got that i'm not into it or any government yeah really any <laughs> government of any kind you're like ah the russians did it we're fine we're yeah. good yeah we're, we're good with that we're, we're good, good. With that. yeah i don't know i mean there's there's a lot of medical breakthroughs that will be happening in the next 10 years around the the connection of of human and machine um, more intricately and so i think for the betterment of of the lives of people that's yeah. great right but also, the world's overpopulated, so... What are you saying right now, John? People just need to die. Okay. <laughs> Moving on! In the spirit of preamble ramble, all of my preamble ramble topics are actually related to the hobby, and John's are. My next one, what is wrong with me? <laughs> what is wrong? That's just the question. That's it! <laughs> uh, okay, I like to get deep. I like to be transparent about how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. I feel like for the last couple of months... I feel like in the beginning of my YouTube career, I was a fucking hustler, you know? Yeah. I was getting it done, and I was totally Hustle, okay. Baby. Yes. I had the theme song running. Mm -hmm. I was so okay <clears throat> okay with just, like, working a lot. And now I'm just, like, so lethargic all the time, so disinterested. And I'm trying to, trying to biohack my brain to, like, get back into, like, a semi-hustling mood. Mm-hmm. Because right now, I feel like I'm like operating at like lower capacity. And I kind of want to operate at medium capacity. John solved my problems. Okay. Here's what you do. Okay. You watch the movie Training Day. <laughs> okay. I'm kind of more of a Remember the Titans kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> and you need to look at Denzel Washington's character. Okay. And be him. Okay. Minus the being a corrupt cop and killing good people and okay. the cops. Okay. Don't worry about that part. Okay. You just need to hustle. All right. Okay. I'm glad we had this talk. All right. Good. Good. <laughs> Good. I think one thing that's that's helped me is maintaining. Uh, we're not obviously in the kind of same boat on this stuff, but like having forcing myself to sit to a schedule, and it doesn't need to be a schedule necessarily of releases, but. The more that I say, well, this thing on the wall says I have to do this. And if my brain works that if I didn't check the boxes for today or this week or whatever, I my I feel bad. Like I feel like a, a turd. Okay. So you're being a turd right now. So you I need feel like to, a turd. You need to, but you need to have a balance with it though, too. Like you you can't be like every day or every week I'm gonna spend an hour to write a list and where the the menial administrative tasks become too much of a burden. That, that you can hold up to over time. Mm -hmm. So you need to have some way that it's, it's you have your own creative flexibility within it, but there's still this skeletal system of structure that you need to conform to. And in a given week, the checkboxes could be flexible enough. And I think this works for anybody in the hobby too. It's like, yeah, yeah. it can be, I need to put five hours into my army this week. And how how I'm feeling in a given week may fluctuate what I do with that. But... I got to hit those five hours. So you guys say, I got to, this week, I really want to, you know, get closer to um, making my next models for release. Okay. My goal is for this by the end of the week. My goal is that I have everything shot for a video. Doesn't matter what the video is. Doesn't whatever. I don't have to have it edited yet or whatever. Um, whatever excites you to sit down and film. I think that's, because if I didn't have that, because if one day, some mystical fairyland day that I'm doing this full time. 
I um mystical fairyland, whatever. <laughs> um I I know that I'm not good without structure. Yeah. And I wouldn't be successful or productive or or push myself to be better. So you just you just gotta you gotta watch training day. Okay. <laughs> that, that's what it all comes back. Moral of the story. <laughs> watch training day. All right. Thanks for the advice. I appreciate it. I'll watch training day. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll uh, you're gonna text me tonight at like 1 a.m. Dude, I just watched training day. I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. I can't sleep. I got so much to do. Speaking of training day, the last preamble ramble topic is I watched a movie. <laughs> this does not happen often. Um now last weekend we the fam and I we watched both Deathly Hollows part one and part two over the course of a weekend. Ooh, okay. Because we'd finally finished up the Harry Potter series with my daughter. We've been reading Harry Potter to her every night at bedtime for like two and a half years. That's to get through the whole thing. Right? One through, what is it, seven? Yes. Okay. Yes. <sighs> yes. Almost like an idiot. But there's eight movies because the yeah, last book yeah. is put into two. Yeah. Um, and so it's taken forever. And she's become a huge fan of whatever. We finally got to the end. And so we sat down. And usually after every book, we finish a book. We watched the movie. So this is her kind of her reward and she really likes to point out the differences and stuff. Yeah. But usually I don't sit and watch the whole thing. Like we'll start it after supper. Why not? I don't know because I got stuff to do. Oh, okay. man. oh you're on the grind. I'm on the grind. You're hustling. You're uh, a, you're a, you're a hustler. Yeah. I think of you, you know training, training day, day every single <laughs> fucking night. <laughs> I you know, training day. I just think of Denzel. You know? <laughs> I'm King Kong. <laughs> I think of Denzel. <laughs> and uh but I sat and got, hadn't watched these in forever, and I realized it has been well over a year since I sat and just watched a movie, like start to finish, watched a whole movie. And I... People give me shit for not knowing references? Yeah. Over a year, dude? Well, in my defense, no movies have really come out in the last year. So. That's, that's not true, because there's Oscars for this year. I know, but it's like... Uh, yeah that's true that's true well, nothing like exciting. last last movies have come out yeah yeah i get it um and i'm a big a big movie nerd like i love movies and yeah. i'm just like gosh what the hell i'm gonna watch movies and i'm like oh yeah because i usually do that in my time and i don't really have any of that's that true. right now I but I, I just goes like i need to make time and i i tell myself oh i've got all this you know stuff that's got to get done and whatever and but we all waste time in our days. We yeah. all sit on our phone for 15 minutes. Yep. Dick through Facebook and Instagram. We all yep. like all that time adds up. I could be watching a movie, maybe not something for the first time, but a movie I really like and I haven't seen in a while. Put it on while I'm painting or mm. while I'm filming or whatever. Not when I'm editing because I can't do anything that's going on. No. That, yeah. That requires full audio and visual attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I got I to gotta get back into movies, Scott. Okay. So I'm into that. I think you should need- use Letterbox and write tiny little reviews about the movies you watch and keep track of which ones you've watched and which ones you want to watch. You can have a little watch list. I love that app. Oh, see, I, I haven't looked into that. But when I was in so much fun, I was at college. Uh, my roommate and I were both big movie nerds and we both had our ever changing list of top 100 movies. Oh, nice. Top 100. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's hard to maintain. So like we'd watch them. We'd watch a movie and we'd go back to our computers you sit there and like, oh man, this is this falling between uh, Lost Boys and Princess Bride, or no, it's not that good. Is it good? You know, it's like, <laughs> um, and so yeah, I'd have notes on everything and whatever, like why it fell where it fell, and whatever. Okay. but that that ended like, gosh, whatever, how many fifteen years ago? I stopped doing that. I 
probably still have the word doc saved somewhere but technology could help me that okay it's it's so interesting you mentioned princess bride because i just watched that for the first time with amber oh um and i haven't watched it in probably like a I don't know, maybe like a decade or like seven years or somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. That movie is so funny. It's so good. It's so just like, there's just so many things that are just like subtly not right about the dialogue. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is a fantasy movie, like whatever, but like, wait, what's going on here? Like, it's just like really weird things. Um, It's so funny. I loved it. It's, yeah, there's no like wasted line in that movie. Like every line has some... I know. Some little part to it. And you're like, oh, yeah. It's really good. Anybody want a peanut? I don't want a peanut. Um, I used to have a shirt that was all black and had like the hello tag on it. Mm. And it said, hello. My name is. And then the whole white part said in tiny font, my name is Nico Montoya. Yeah, that whole, <laughs> whole bit. Father, to die. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what that shirt is, but it was cool. Uh, somewhere. It's somewhere. Okay. okay. We are. Are we on beyond the preamble ramble? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say other things about movies, but. Okay. No, not... we can talk, you can talk about it. You can okay. Talk about it. okay. 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 Letterboxd allows you to maintain a top four favorite movies. I don't know why they did four. It's weird. Uh, but for anyone curious, and possibly if you're curious, my top four are. Midsummer, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Mm. Scott Pilgrim, uh, love that one. And I have Babadook here, but I think I might swap that out for Possessor because I really fucking like that movie. Mm. That's my top four right now. Wow. That's a good top four. That's All fun. right. I have not, still not seen Midsummer, So we got to get a little PJ sleepover date. I know. Here. That's, that, that was where my brain went next about the Watchmen movies. I was like, well, I know of a way we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> we make a drunken mini painting <laughs> no that's not gonna work <laughs> yeah we'd be sleepy or we loopy <laughs> yeah we would just like watch a bunch of hobby youtube videos <laughs> we would that's what we always do yeah, too yeah <laughs> sit and watch uh, sit and watch youtube videos all right this podcast is gonna be two and a half hours long <laughs> yeah, okay, Let's move okay, on. okay. <laughs> all right well we painted uh john has the question in his little section does kit bashing count i would say yeah definitely counts good because i didn't paint anything <laughs> that's fine well Technically by, the, Technically, by the time this podcast goes out, I will have painted something on today's live stream. Well, don't don't dip into the next cycle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good point. Yeah. Good point. You kit bashing is dip. good enough. Good. So, yes, I uh, kit bashed something from scratch using only GW parts. Okay. So it's four main kits were destroyed in the making of this piece oh, God. um in the and, name of greater models yeah and it was kind of cool because when i'm i'm hacking four kits apart and not you having enough to actually use more of them for another other projects i now still have roughly 40 to 60 to 70% of each of those kits still unused yeah so now like my my bits collection is growing and now I see. Ooh, that would be good for something. Not for this, but there's all sorts of great yeah, little things. little terrain sci-fi bits. Yeah, yeah. like is the um, one of them was the Dark Eldar Talos or Paint Engine Talos Paint Engine. Yeah, or yeah. Chronos Paris Chronos. Engine. That's the other one. And like it's got a sweet like scorpion hook nasty tail. Yeah. I didn't use that bit, but I like pulled it off. I like, unclipped it. I'm like, oh man, it's gonna yes. be great for something. And what are you kit bashing? I'm kit bashing a defiler. 
Okay. And why are you bashing that? Because it's the stupidest fucking model I've ever seen. And it's plastic and it's like moderately new. It's probably 10 years old or more, but it is so derpy looking. Like by now the video, my video will be out on this, this project, but I already know what my intro is going to, is going to include like, Oh yeah. Tell my me skit. I got to hear this. And it's, I mean, Does it's it involved Daryl. It doesn't involve Daryl. Okay, I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I also realized, though, recently that I need to say his name because I think only in the first time did I say Daryl. Oh, really? And since then, I don't like John doesn't say what's up, Daryl, or anything. Okay, okay. So that at some point, people know who Daryl is, but other people just refer to him is like redneck cousin guy, <laughs> which is also great. Yeah, yeah, that works. But they don't know his name. So I'm like, I got to say Daryl more. No, it's going to involve me like pulling up either on my computer screen or my phone, like saying, oh, you know, something like, okay, it looks like for my army list, this thing is badass. I'm going to put one of these in my armies. And I go to the GW website and I pull it up and it's just going to like show it on the screen, no sound. And then you just hear like, <laughs> and then it cuts to my face going like and then it goes cuts back to it going <laughs> and it's gonna do that like six times <laughs> that's the whole skit <laughs> i love it dude <laughs> i love it it's so ugly and yeah is it as ugly as the corn thing where it's like basically a tank with like a, the torso of like a corn berserker popping out of like the hull, and it's just like it's the same. Hello. It's the same kit. Oh, okay, all right. It's just that makes options. it better. That makes it better. You want to make this ugly thing or this ugly yeah, thing? Yeah, those, those miles are a fucking joke. Yeah. They both look really goofy. I'm sorry if you design them and you're like you're offended. I'm sorry. You know, sometimes y'all make bad things. You know, I paint bad things. That thing just looks weird. We have advice for you. Watch Training Day. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So you sacrifice four kits to make one. What's it called? It's not a plague crawler. What's it called? A defiler. Defiler. The spidery thingy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and it actually uses um, a, some other stuff that aren't part of those four kits, including that head right there. Ooh, going with the whole bat motif. Yeah, because it's a night lord's thing. I wanted to have some. You know, you broke it. No, we're good. We're good. Um, I wanted to have some connection to bats, vampire-y, whatever. Okay. So. Okay. That head is coming out and it's just screaming. And I put these like cyborg eye things. I found these little weird kits that they look like they're like spider eyes where it's got a bunch of weird little bionic lenses on them. And I popped them over the eye sockets of the dragon. Yeah. So it's like shooting. It's going to be like shooting light out of these bionic eyes in this morphed dragon head. And I was like, I yeah. Do you have a cannon coming out of its mouth? No, that would be too far. Yeah. Okay. Too, far. too far. I don't have the tongue now that I look. Because the tongue's connected to the neck, and I don't have that piece. Oh, you, right. Yeah, you, you sandwich it. Um, it doesn't have the tongue. But it has, a, it has a big old, like a big nasty spider butt from the Venom Crawler, the Chaos thing in the Start Collector. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's like its butt. And off, off the back top of that, there's a giant cannon that's coming off of that. Like his butt is stuck up in the air. Like a okay. spider with butt up in the air, and he's just big cannon. Like, yes. Ready to shoot you. But then in that... Uh, the Kronos kit, it's got all those awesome tentacly things. Yeah. So coming from underneath, like the spider, um, the big crawly spider legs, the tentacles are like coming f out 
towards like its mouth like you get too close you're gonna get bit you're gonna get sliced by the little claws you get fucking beam and you're gonna spotlights tentacleize dude dude this thing is gonna appeal to many ink 28 like people i think like grim dark like if you uh, the way i'm picturing it is very very grim and very yeah dark. it's i just i'm and as of the recording of this podcast i'm not like the whole thing is built but I'm, I'm not to the fun part yet which is the attach all the crazy greeblies everywhere okay. all these weird little things and i green stuffed a whole bunch of coils and stuff with the green stuff roll, roll, spring thing the, the roller the, yeah, yeah 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 whatever tentacle maker coil yes, maker exactly and so i sat one night and i just did a whole bunch of those in different shapes and stuff so i'm gonna chop them put them various places and then i'm gonna take the um the crackle paint stuff that gw has you can get it from other places and spots where like the organic matter hits the um the mechanical stuff i'm gonna like glob that in there so it's like it's crackling and it's gunk and everything because this is night lords right that not, nothing's new nothing's nothing gets fixed no yeah so yeah so we're going to talk a little bit more in the in the after party about something some new things that i try well hold on here how do you know about night lord lore you looking around not you peeking <laughs> a little lore curious <laughs> all right previous lore hater john nunez <laughs> john nunez <laughs> Uh, so you messaged the uh, the brain trust while you were doing that, and you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'll tell you when I figure it out. Do you feel like you figured it out? I did. Okay, cool. I did. It's it's It comes in a point where you have, I want to have this big chunk, I want to have this big chunk, I have this big chunk. I don't know how to make them come together. Right. Come together. Yeah. And so basically just I came to the point of realization that I'm not going to know I just need to connect stuff. Yes. And then just add more shit on top until it looks good. It. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what I do for, with conversions. I like to pin things into the things I want them to connect with. And then I'll start. Then I'll hide the the connection with like Milliput. And then I'll like sculpt on top of the that hidden connection and then go from there. But you got to have like that good idea in the first place. Yeah. 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 Okay. What did you paint? Scooty? Uh, I painted the skin on my zombie dragon in last stream and also painted some more. Uh, Amber has been getting into doing some art. And so while she's doing it, I was painting more of the skin and kind of just cleaning up all the little bone areas, mm -hmm. just base coats, and prep for uh, an oil wash in today's stream. Oh, boy. Tried painting my kill team. And I, uh, I, I, I worked with uh, Montana spray cans for the first time. Oh, you did? Yeah. And I want to talk about that in the after party, what okay. I learned and what I experienced. Um, but I will say the chrome spray paint was banging very shiny but do you see how does can you see this chick's eyes anymore oh sh maybe shit. maybe a little bit that is definitely uh yeah that's settled into the details yeah so i think maybe that might have scared some details um uh, so I, I need to be more careful about how i apply it or maybe more careful about what i apply it to maybe it's for certain things but not for other things like like a, a model with a face for instance that's kind of an important thing you don't want to mess with <laughs> don't mess with the face scott yeah i only have two models that have faces uh wasn't that big of a deal um and then i did a little tamiya clear red on top of that and then an enamel panel liner and my god did that work so fucking well that i have not cleaned this with white spirits it is just straight up look at the backpack bro yeah that's it's so nice that's crisp it's so crispy and it was so easy the one concern i have now is that i spray i basically primed the model in chrome mm -hmm. and now i have to paint 
all the other things that aren't metal <laughs> with normal paint. And what I didn't realize about Sisters of Battle, unlike their male counterparts, Space Marines, and they are the same fucking thing, they aren't covered in power armor. Mm-hmm. They got tons of fabric and like they have like a corset thing that's yeah. on their abdomen. Um, so yeah, I think that was maybe a bad choice, maybe not. We'll see. We'll see how annoying it is to paint. And then I painted a little. I started to base coat some skin tone on some Sister Repentia and some Arco Flagellants, all for my kill team. I fucking love that pose now. Ah, this though. is this is the one of the. I just love this. I love that chainsword. It's so long. I know, and it's got a cross hilt on it. Oh, too. Oh, baby, yeah. It's it's just the right kind of religious zealot that I like. Yeah, yeah. She's wearing her Adidas. I know, dude. She's fucking. She's like, dude. I don't care if I die. I'm killing some fucking Xeno scum today. Some. Is my eyes deceiving me? Is there some texture buildup from whatever you prime this with? I uh, yeah, there is, <laughs> and I want to talk about that in the uh, well. Also, what I learned section struggle with some texture with uh, the Montana spray paints as well. Rut row raggy. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have to stick around to the after party. If you are a member of the Patreon, you get access to roughly thirty minutes extended episode of the podcast yeah we're gonna we're gonna hype that now instead of the end of the episode yeah. as well as the end of the episode we also get extra loopy in there because there's no rules no rules just fun <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, before we get into the main topic for today's podcast we have a little message from today's sponsor and that is level 52 studios or broken anvil miniatures as they're known in the miniature hobby all right scott you know how we adore our cheese of the month club right dude my colon is so clogged i do not care what are you getting at <laughs> all right so if somebody offered that same kind of monthly deal for miniatures, wouldn't that be even better? Yes. Well, it just so happens that the folks at Broken Anvil Miniatures not only share our love of dairy, but also the love of getting something new and fresh every single month. That is why they have concocted Broken Anvil Monthly, where every month you get a new collection of offbeat epic miniatures that you can use for your gaming table and your painting table. I also appreciate the name because it's like Broken Anvil Miniatures versus Monthly. That's yeah. clever. Yeah. Always got to appreciate a good name. Yeah, good name. The STL files all come pre-supported and ready to print at home. And each month you either get a cool sci-fi or a fantasy design with a wonderfully wild twist that Broken Anvil is known for. I have been having a blast with Broken Anvil Monthly. Oh. And when I say having a blast, I don't just mean uh, the block of cheddar leaving my system. <laughs> I mean the sheer amount of fun that I have printing and painting new stuff every month. Check out the Broken Anvil monthly Patreon. There'll be linked in the description if you're watching on YouTube or the show notes for our audio listeners. Also, if you missed out on the Dungeon Delvers Kickstarter, you can find all those awesome designs on the Broken Anvil My Mini Factory site, also linked down below. A big thank you to Broken Anvil Miniatures for supporting the podcast and enabling Scott and I's cheese addiction. Hell yeah. Now, back to the episode. Now, back to the news. Back to Kathy with the weather. The system is down. <laughs> the news sounds sound like the strong bad techno. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A question that I've gotten maybe once. <laughs> now, I've got it a couple times. It's like, Scott, I'm moving to a new area. I'm moving to a new thing. I have an opportunity where we're renovating a room. What do I need to do to make the ultimate hobby workspace? This question actually comes from Anthony. Anthony. I got the answer for you, Anthony. You watch Training Day. (laughs) (laughs) I love this thread we're following. (laughs) This Denzel thread. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. Okay, I haven't seen that movie. Oh, man. Let's just put that out there. 
But it I is, love Denzel Washington. It, he, it's it's pro- one of his best roles ever, man. Really? Yes. Like, he he is such a powerful character. He is. And he makes so many mini painting videos. <laughs> this is why you need to watch it. Oh, it's related. Okay. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. We're good. We're good. The whole movie is based on how he becomes a YouTubing star. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right. Very And the, the training day is the day that he trains to get ready to make his next video. He, he trains one day. One day. He's, he's a hustler. He only needs one day. Right, yeah. He doesn't sleep. The, it's really just a day in the life of the training. Okay. That's the movie. Synopsis. Sorry. Spoilers. Spoilers. Sorry <laughs> if, you have, if you haven't seen the training. <laughs> he's ruined it for everyone. All right. The ultimate hobby workspace obviously means you need to have every single amazing tool known to mankind, right? Yes. That is the short answer. And you don't have that. You just can't paint models. Yeah. You're not going to paint a well <laughs> at all. Yeah. You're screwed. Yeah. Obviously, we're joking. We're joking. Okay, John. Ultimate Hobby Workspace. You, you essentially, you just made one yeah. this last year. Yeah, it's not there yet, but like, it's something where I don't think you ever need to rest on your laurels that like your space is going to be this and never change. So sure. I think the first thing that I think of with this is I never put it at the top of my priority list. It's never like the top of my mind, but every now and again, I'll be like, oh be nice if i blah 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 or what if i could switch this or what if i added this or if i just took this away this is not working think of this as an evolving thing you're going to be painting for like 70 80 years okay you need to know that it's going to evolve with you and your needs and your painting style all that good stuff so it's a journey it's not a destination you know this reminds me of training day (laughs) (laughs) a classic quote from a legendary mini painter who saw it to be proactive in the process. Yeah, God, who was that person? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He's, I think I, people just called him Mr. January. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a training day reference? <laughs> no, it's from the calendar. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah, you're right. That, we haven't talked about that. That's yeah, funny. I, I, I meant to bring that up in the preamble ramble, but we'll <laughs> interweave it at some point. <laughs> I fucking love that. Um, yeah, so... I, I think what John's saying is just like kind of be aware of what your needs are and as they change and grow, change your space to match those, you know, changing needs. Yeah. And that, that's, that's not the, the meat and potatoes of what we're going to get into. In the yeah, no, we're topic. done. We're actually done. <laughs> it's, it's more of a keep this in mind, but you still need to start somewhere. You need to get your, your skeletal system of your space started or envisioned even if you can't build it right now right you need to you need to start that thought process somewhere to start and this is the evolution after you've just got yourself going yeah and if you've got a kitchen table and a light and a paintbrush you've already started so mm. now it's what would be the next step from that yeah maybe this topic is a little bit more indulgent but i guess to say it right in the beginning we're not saying you need this space to paint models like john just said you could do it with a kitchen table and your overhead fan light like yeah that's all you need you can paint outside with the sun the sun you know you don't need this special stuff but if you have the opportunity and you have a little bit of a budget and you want to make a nice space consider these things consider these things um i think an important thing for me was having things nearby that i use often yes and it's almost like a tier list right yes the more often it's used the closer it is yes now it's a little bit different because for youtube and filming at this space i often have to put things away yeah so they're not right here. they're not right here but they are right behind me and i know where they are and i can get them out like if i need my brushes i just grab my whole little box over the course of a project though 
they oh. become here. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. The, this is totally messy. It's disgusting. But a lot of things, like, if you have to keep doing something and you're annoyed by it, like, consider putting it closer to you. So, for instance, like an underslung paper towel roll. Oh, yeah. Underslung vaping. Vaping? <laughs> vaping. Keep your, keep your vape keep nation. Keep vape nearby. <laughs> <laughs> just take it out and just, yeah. A little suck. Uh, no, uh, baking paper. So, I have both of those right below my desk. Because I often have to use those, and they're just really easy to grab. I don't have to go upstairs, steal my wife's baking paper that she has in the kitchen, and cut it, and bring it back upstairs. That's just annoying. Um, I'm curious, do you have anything in your desk area that you are annoyed by, that you have to keep getting out and putting back that you're you're frustrated by? Because I have one in in particular. Mm. Why don't you share yours, and I'll think about mine, because that's a good question. I haven't thought about it. My Dremel, I use almost every single project at some point mostly in the assembly process um and uh i have to get it out use it unplug it and then coil it back up in the case and then put it back in there and mm-hmm. it's I'm, every time i do i'm like i need to find a place for this to live because uh, it's so annoying yeah um i'm in a similar boat with my dremel i have a, a amazing cordless one oh it's got a, a charging dock but this sits up in my shop in my garage okay and it hasn't found its way down. Dude, cordless would be nice. Dude, it's so nice. There'll be a, a, a link in my video description of my exact one. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you can absolutely. buy it. <laughs> it's not kick- that expensive either. It was like 60, 70 bucks. Did you see a KS or a Kickstarter? I can't say Kickstarter very well, so I abbreviate it. Uh, <laughs> for a little pen one. That I've seen that coming through Facebook all the time. Yeah, a, a viewer actually emailed us about that. Um, and I was like, this... This works, and it kind of goes slowly, which is actually great for the hobby because then it doesn't melt plastic. Yeah. Yeah, so anyways. I think it's probably, it's more like a hand drill, electric, you know, your little pin vice drill. Yeah. I haven't looked at the Kickstarter yet. I'm sure I will, and we'll probably back it, but um, because I can't be asked to manually twist the little hand drill. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, in in this kit bash project, I have had to... I bring it downstairs from the garage, and I forget. I got all my little little attachment accoutrements, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no, I need I need the buffer one. I need the little diamond tip thing. I got to keep going back up." And then I use it for a couple of days, and I'm like, "Oh, the battery's low. I got to go take it back up and charge it." So that would be one. Actually, another one for me is what I consider my my like my airbrush little kit. So I have this little basket that's got you know my airbrush cleaner my squeegee thing with water my my thinner my uh primers are all in it um all the little stuff that whenever i'm airbrushing and that's tucked away in a drawer further in the back than i probably should be in a spot that i have to get up move over and go dig around and find it whatever and that needs to be more efficient yeah i feel like it i would probably jump to doing little quick airbrush techniques or tasks more if that wasn't such a barrier okay um, people typically will just put paints, right? They put their paints right in front of them, the closest thing. Oh, yeah, on the cool, like, shelves and stuff. Yeah, which is, I think, the reason that, that you do that, one, is to look cool, right? Oh, yeah. Because you need to have Swag. the wall of colors. Oh, yeah. And the more colors are on your wall, the cooler you are. Yeah, I agree. I should get, like, a second one of these units and just put all the overflow in there that I never use just to look like have massive clout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is this needs to be all visually accessible to <laughs> anyone who enters this space. Um, but the true fact of the value of that is you're not digging in drawers to find a color. You're not 
opening yes. containers, what's in there, pulling them up to try to find the color. They're visible. Yep. It's all about taking, cutting out all the extra time. And if I were to say that there is one thread that's going to go throughout this topic, it's going to be about time saving mm-hmm. and breaking down the barriers that just get you to what you want to be doing, which yeah. is putting paint on mini, which is kind of the same thing, right? Like you're more inclined to do something if it's not going to consume a certain portion of your time right. that you deem as worth it. Right. Yes. Yeah. So in that same vein, some level of organization is a good idea. I don't think you need to go crazy with it. Like I'm not organizing my paints by like hue, but I am organizing them by uh, kind of type and also, especially manufacturer. Yeah. So scale 75 is on the bottom, right next to Dark Star. Above that is Citadel. Above that is uh, Vallejo and P3, kind of the weirder paints that I don't use. And then all the way over to the, the left is all the washes and transparent stuff like inks and Tamiya panel liners and things like that. And then ab- above even one more is like additives, like uh, mediums, waters, thinners, things like that, and also other weird stuff. You got all of that right, and you didn't even turn around and look at it. So I know, baby. I think that's a really important point, though. Yeah. It doesn't matter what your organization system is. The organization system... Ooh, that's hard to say. Oh, that's a cool. Yeah, that's hard. Um, the one t- that you should use is the one that makes most sense to your brain. Yes. And whatever that is, it does not matter as long as what's logical for you that you know... Okay, I need to get my big synthetic brush. I should be able to close my eyes and know and see it where it's at. Heck yeah. Even if it means I got to walk over here and, and grab it out of the drawer. Wherever you know where, where things are. And you don't need to know all the exact specifics. I know exactly where this color of this brand of this blah, blah, blah. If I know where to look, I'll find it. Um, that's, that's really, to me, the most valuable thing of any space. And if you don't have a big space... You're still going for the same goal. You're still trying to determine. I I've got this little, you know, this wheelie, um, cap three three cabinet drawer thing. A lot I see a lot of people use. Um, Vince has one of these too, where it's like it takes up a little bit of space. It's like three shelves tall, and you just know which shelf your thing is in. You could you could be in a little closet, and you'd have enough space for that. Mm. Yeah, so I'm trying to like move my mic out with my chin by pushing it like an animal. <laughs> yeah, you're like a dolphin. Dude. <laughs> So yeah, name of the game is I want to be as productive as possible. I need to organize my space to facilitate that productivity. And one way you do that is via organization and having things close to you. Uh, Eliminating excuses that one might have for getting started is a great way to enhance, or at least I think, enhance productivity. Yeah. To me, another thing, um, that I like to do is I like to make sure that no matter how much space I have, um, I want to be able to accomplish multiple tasks at the same space. So Vincey gave me a hard time a little while ago about the size of my cutting mat. Like when I was on his uh, reveal show after one of the recent um, GW re- reveal shows, I was on there with him and he saw in my background, I had a cutting mat and I think it was this size. It might've been a little bit bigger. This is too big. He's like, what are you cutting with a giant mat? I'm like, I have a mat that will fit over my workspace so I never have to get a cutting mat out. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, you do more than just cut on a cutting mat. Yeah. Vince. Come on, Vince. What are you thinking? Yeah. Um, and so, and then I have, I bought a big giant roll of, of black paper. I don't yeah. Know, and then I can roll that over the top 
and this is all in the same spot. So in the same spot, I can paint with a neutral background. I can airbrush right in that same spot. And if I get airbrush spray everywhere, I just eventually tear that paper up, put a new one down. I can cut because underneath that paper is the cutting mat. I don't have to worry about leaving that. I can film there because it's got a fairly neutral background. And so I don't have to go to a different spot. Um, so whatever I'm doing in that space, I can, I don't have to, to leave or I don't have to add a thing to it. I don't have to go get this to whatever task I want to complete in the hobby. Any of them can be done in this <laughs> space. Oh gosh. I tried to finish that sentence before the cough came out and it didn't work. Okay. So the moral of the story, you got an airbrushing booth, you got a little assembly area, you got a little paintbrushing area, you have it all nearby. Yeah. And. I do have a separate spot with a little airbrush booth off to my right for where I usually sit where I'm doing like more intense airbrushing. I'm going to just like prime like 20 miles and stuff. I want to get that, that fan running and do it over there. But if I'm just shooting some inks to just get some, some tint or, or I'm filming a certain section of just the white Zenithal or whatever, I can do that all in my main spot. Okay. I don't have to like, well, I got to get the paper out so I don't overspray everything and blah, blah, blah. It's just on there. Okay. So, Again, you're making your spot um, consistent, so wherever, whatever part of the hobby you're doing, you can you can do it here. Okay, I don't need to go down to the basement to do my priming. I don't have to go outside to do my priming. And you know, if you have if you only have rattle cans, don't do that at this space. So, <laughs> oh yeah, um, you know, you do that outside. Um, okay, I had another one I was going to say. Now it just completely completely lost me. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you you got something? Well, I was thinking maybe we could share our organization that we've done to hopefully uh, maybe like kickstart other people's ideas because that that can kind of be a little bit of an overwhelming thing, especially if you have a lot of stuff to organize. Sure. Um, to me, the most important factor in this space was that it was a space just for this that I didn't need to worry about it having another purpose. And so it can just live and I can go and sit down and everything is there. So yeah. from a basic level, at the very beginning, you need a spot. And as we might not all be there wherever we're at in our life. But mm. the goal is a spot, even if it's a folding table over in the corner, that that folding table is there just for my mini painting. Yeah. And it doesn't have a puzzle on it. And it doesn't have a bunch of Legos for my kids on it. And it's not doesn't need to be picked up and put away, you know, every evening. Because if you've got to set up and break down your spot before you paint, you're not gonna paint very much. Yeah, you'll paint less. For sure. You know, you're not gonna be like Denzel. (laughs) In training day. Yeah, in training day. (laughs) If you weren't catching the reference. (laughs) (laughs) Um so yeah, that that's like Checklist number one, if I'm like someone's like, I'm brand new to mini painting, I know nothing, what do I do to have my mini painting space? That's a, a number one on my list. Can you create a dedicated space? And you can get as creative as you need to be with that uh, to allow it. And if you can't, how close can you get to um, to having a dedicated space? So that's my first thing is dedicated space. This is the altar of the painting gods. It shall not be um desecrated desecrated ah, thank you I, all i was thinking was sanctified but that's the opposite <laughs> is desecrated by other tasks yes now 
if you got computer monitors up there and you can do your gaming or whatever while you're streaming or whatever you want to do while you're painting, great. Well, that, that's not necessary. You just, the key is, is like you're not having to clear off everything from your painting crap in order to play Dota. So that's what I want to talk about uh, is computers in hobby spaces. Computers. Yeah. Yeah, I sometimes. Do you think the average Joe needs a computer, like not not a laptop, not a cell phone or a tablet, like a, a a tower PC that has a monitor is built into the desk? I'm I say no. No, I don't think so. Uh, if you want to like listen to something that requires a computer, bringing a laptop, obviously or your phone, like that is more than adequate. But I would say having access to a computer is just like an element of distraction. Like that, I think that pathway should be just severed. I don't think you need it at your at your hobby desk. Yeah, it it is. It's a big distraction, and you can easily fall into something else. You sit down there at the desk with the intention of painting. Yeah. You get your stuff out, and you wake up your monitors with your mouse. Discord f- chirps at you before you know it. Twenty minutes, two hours have passed. Yeah, and you haven't been working yet. Yeah, um, I'm not saying. You can't, or you shouldn't, or if you have one, you should rip it off the wall. Yeah, don't throw it away. Right. You just need to be very aware of of what you're spending your time with when your intention was to sit down and paint. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I really enjoy the times when I just listen to music and I put my phone upstairs and I turn my monitor off um, and just sit here and paint. Um, I think that really is unlocking a level of productivity that you couldn't get if you had a bunch of things just annoying you all the time. Right. Um, but that's not necessarily related to a, a space, more kind of like of a preparing for like a painting session kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of the goody peepees do listen to the podcast while they're hobbying. Yeah, cell phone, and, and that's a gr- that's a great it's a great thing. Yeah, because it, they're listening to our stuff. Yes, yes. Right now, you're painting the eyeballs of a Cadian soldier, and that's awesome. And John just fucking blew your mind. Yeah, because well, of how clairvoyant he is. <laughs> yeah. So Kyle, keep painting. <laughs> <laughs> dude, if there's a Kyle painting the eyeballs of the Cadian soldier, dude, you gotta let us know. I will pin the shit out of that comment. <laughs> oh man. So in a podcast, and I, I I view Twitch streaming of mini painters that kind of in the, in the same regard that yeah. I'll have that going yeah, yeah. while I'm painting because it doesn't require active attention. Yeah. I can still be focusing on my work. I'm I'm hanging out with the goody peepees, um, you know, listening to all the cool things they're doing, um, hearing their their discussion or their topic or or their advice on something that they're doing, and I'm kind of like passively just like sucking up new knowledge, but I'm also painting. That's good. I'm not sitting there and like playing a video game while I'm trying to paint because you're just two back and forth. Yeah. Or same thing with like I'm not watching a movie or a TV show I've never seen before. I'm watching The Office for the 19th time. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I don't need to be actively engaged to enjoy and, and follow along and still get my hobbying done. That's true. Distractions. That's a good one, man. I hadn't thought of that, but that's that's a real thing. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> All right, let's. I think we should delve into the specifics of uh, organizations a little bit. Okay. Um. So the way I have it broken down is. I have painting tool apparatuses in the same area. So airbrushes, paintbrushes, cruddy ones and good ones. That's kind of in an area. Yeah. Um, I have all my terrain stuff in an area and they're organized via terrain size. So like when you buy like a tufts, like tufts, they're like a little piece of 
wax paper that's pretty small, right? Yeah. But you can also buy clump foliage and like bigger spongy material. And you can also buy even bigger things. So I have all the small things together. And I have all the medium things together and all the large things together. And that makes it easy to find because the small things aren't floating around amongst the big things. Yeah, like digging and digging and digging. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's how I work it. Um, I have paints in an area all by themselves. And I have terrain making materials that aren't grassy things like uh like styrene like brass like bamboo skewers like tongue depressors like all that stuff and like milliput all that in its own little area mm-hmm. and whenever a tool is like used with something like for instance sculpting tools like color shapers or dental tools that is also next to or nearby the materials so they're easy to get sure okay and then i have all my tools organized things that cut are all together uh, and then, uh, and then like miscellaneous tools are together and then like files and sanding things are together. They have like a similar purpose. I put them together mm-hmm. and I also use these things. I think you, you use these as well. Don't mm-hmm. you? These little boxes on off Amazon that have like a U hook on one side that can be like hooked and arranged in different sizes. You can do like one by ones or whatever it is and like one by fours, um, to deal with whatever size thing you have. And it's great for a square drawer because they're square and so they all fit in. Everything's nice, <laughs> you know? Um, they connect so you can... Mine, I just have them lined and I have a couple of bigger drawers that are just lined with them and I don't take them out. They're just... Everything's in their own little container. Yes. separated. Yes. But they have the flexibility. If you had one you bring out a lot, you can just grab this and go. It's also a sound investment thing because... If you don't have a big space that you could fill a whole drawer with them now, today, you can take them in a more mobile way like this in the meantime. And then one day, you do have drawers of your own to use. You already have the things to fit, fit in there. Yes. So I okay. have a very organized system for my Let's hear it. my my drawers and my terrain as well. So first of all, I have two totes that have terrain stuff. Um, one of them is organic. One of them is inorganic. So sure, yeah. I, I organize them by um, this stuff is all related to whether it would be fake dirt, fake grass, fake trees, fake organic shrubberies. Kind of like almost like fantasy versus sci-fi a little bit. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. But and then the inorganic has got the little bricks. It's got all my styrene tubes and cards and all that yes, kind of stuff. That glorious thing you bought off eBay that. I will never use all of. Yeah, I used for I think for like the second time ever I used some of that on my kit bash. I use a lot of it, okay? And yeah. it's it's endless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, there's a whole bunch of styrene stuff for natural things. I've got like my rollers for cobblestone, you know, green stuff rollers for that kind of thing. Guitar strings, nail yeah. art beads. Yep. Yeah. Little chain. Chain, yeah. Yeah. So is it manufactured? Or is it natural? That's how I organize in my two different things. Mm-hmm. That way I know immediately which one I'm grabbing because I know in my mind what I'm going for. Okay. That's that. My drawers are... I have a little bit of a weird system that's developed and I didn't do it consciously with my paintbrushes. Um, I've got a, a little like a little glass with paintbrushes in it and I also have a paintbrush drawer. The paintbrush drawer is a repository of brushes that I either haven't started to use yet or I just... I've used them, but I don't use them regularly now. Like old Windsor and Newtons that the tip is gone. But so it's not in my act, it's not my active daily driver brush anymore. Mm-hmm. But I'm not getting rid of it. I don't really know what the purpose is. It's kind of my backlog. 
But then my at arm's reach is my bowl of regular users. And then as I go through a project um, and I'm using a brush, I set it I set it down just off to the side and every different brush that I use just goes off to the side. That way, once it's used, it's resting on its side and not up and down um, as it dries out. So then once a project is done and I'm cleaning everything up, which is an important step at the end of a project, yeah. is to re-clean your whole area again to start a new project. Yes, Those have all been sitting and drying all the moisture is evaporated and then they can go back in the cup. Oh, okay. So that's that's kind of my system. And then I have a I have basically four drawers um full of crap, <laughs> but they all are organized very similar to the way you did. I have one small drawer that is all um I just kind of in my brain it's for creating or destroying. <laughs> that's the drawer. So it's got the little saws. It's got the pin vices. It's got the dental tools. Mm-hmm. It's got the clay shapers. It's got the razors. It's got everything that I'm either going to take away or add to. Mm-hmm. It's all in that one drawer. Okay. So that is one way. That way it's got all the sharp stuff in there too. So I'm not digging around in a different drawer and poking or stabbing or cutting myself. <laughs> I just know that in that drawer you need to be safe and look at what you're, you're grabbing, John. So... <laughs> That's cool. Um, let's talk about some hobby, maybe nice to haves. Nice to haves, or I don't know. This I can only think of one, so let's talk about that one. Um, <laughs> I don't have one in my area, but I would love to have a battery vacuum cleaner. Yeah, because like when I'm working with dirt, when I'm working with pigments, when I'm working with sprues, there are so many little bits that get everywhere, and I love to just just vacuum them up. Zunk. You don't need a super powerful one; just a little thing that can suck up some dirt, essentially. Um, that'd be nice to have. I don't have one either. We have one of those Dyson uh, hand vacs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that would be amazing for that. But they're yes. like three hundred dollars. You get the pet one. They're more, dude. Yeah, they're very expensive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't need that. Like I think Black and Decker makes like a small one that works. Uh, that works. Whatever. That works. Just, just one of those little hand dustbusters. You probably get at the Goodwill or something too. It doesn't yeah, need to be dude. super powered. No. In fact, you don't want it too powerful because then you're just like. You have a couple of little bits that you haven't put that dude's yeah. arms on yet, and you're yeah. sucking up stuff like zunk, yeah. gone. So much for your arm, buddy. <laughs> uh, I have a a flush mounted garbage can. I would say don't do that. I think it's more trouble than it's worth because of the amount of shit I knock into there that doesn't need to be thrown away. <laughs> yeah, is greater than the amount of times that I've actually like swept shit into it. So I guess I, if you had the little hand vac too, you wouldn't need to sweep things in. Yeah, uh, whenever. I put my cutting mat away. I do like taco it and kind of like bang it into my garbage oh, can. Yeah. That's kind of nice, but you don't need that to do that operation. Yeah. So right. I would say for thinking about that, just don't do it. It's not worth it. You've got animals, the cats, especially that get on your desk. It is, it is lost paint waiting to happen. Having a garbage can within arm's reach though is a big deal. Mm-hmm. You are, there's all it, there's never a time where you don't have like five seconds free where you can just toss something under there. Yeah, you know, the sprues or the palette paper or whatever it is. Yes. And not have to leave the room to go do that. And if you have like, you know, little kids or pets that get in the garbage and stuff, you can get ones that just have a, just get a closey lid one. Yeah. You know, you yeah. just flip the lid open, toss it in there and go. Yeah, that's that's a big one is not having a garbage can in your area is is kind of a pain. Sure. Um, compressors for airbrushes, if you have one. I've been thinking this forever. I've never done it. Um, I would love for the dial that shows pressure to be visible. Mm. If it's sitting on the floor, 
it's kind of hard to see. And I've always thought for the longest time, if it was just like higher up, like uh, closer to me, I could see it and also adjust it more easily. Um, because I want to know what PSI I'm shooting at so that I can tell people, but also that I can make a mental note of what's working for me and then, you know, kind of remember more easily. When it's down there, I can't really see very nicely. And I'm kind of just like making little micro adjustments to kind of like fine tune what I need it to do. So if it was higher up closer to you. So you're thinking like a floating shelf or something? Kind of, yeah. Just like that. Or like the knobs kind of just like poking out a little bit. I don't need to see the whole thing. Just the, just the front part. Yeah. What if, it, what if you had it on, on like a, a roller so you could just like pull it out? Pull the whole shelf oh, out a little bit. Yeah. Tweaky tweak. Tweaky tweak. Push it back in. That sounds great. Th- it also solves an issue of just crap on the floor. Yes. Um, crap on the floor is is never a good thing. One, you might break something, you might step on something. You yeah. just it's just a messy mess. You know, people come into your room and it looks like you're a dirty animal, yeah. stuff everywhere. <laughs> airbrush hoses all over the place and that's something that i haven't done yet either that i'd like to i'd like to have some kind of a shelf or a wall mount so that's off the floor and maybe a little like hook that the the airbrush hose could wrap around and just kind of sit in there nicely when it's not used and mm-hmm. chuck it back in there mm-hmm. so you don't have cords and everything because cords are another major thing you cords everywhere yeah I hate cords. cable management is a little thing but once you get to like this is my space this is where i'm going to be Having some cable management and tying stuff oh. or the little the little sticky things that you can put the cables in so they're tight around your yeah. underside of your desk. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's not cords everywhere. Yeah, the amount of cable management products that I own is ridiculous. It's like a it's like a tertiary hobby. <laughs> um, but that reminded me of another thing. Uh, along the side of the desk that John is sitting on, I have a very long extension, not extension, power strip. Yeah. And it, it is, it's designed that way such that you can have multiple things plugged in over a, a long space so that's not too much clutter in one area. Also, there's just like 10 plug-in uh, points, which is nice to have. So having a big old power strip is nice for things like if you want to use a, a Vortex mixer, if you want to use a Dremel, if you want to use a compressor, anything that requires power, it's just nice to be able to have that attached to your desk so you're not needing to like run extension cords or plug it into the wall and having to like move to the the right side of your desk because you it gotta be close to the wall because your cable is limited the, the length limited yeah. um yeah having a power power almost in the desk very nice yeah i don't i don't have one of these but what i do is i see your your this door the door handle hole yeah, i yeah, yeah. i drilled a big hole about the same width in the back of my desk in two different spots mm. and then i can run all my lines through that hole so you can't see them and there's no cords coming in your workspace nice. through the back and then that goes down to a power strip below nice in the back of the wall by my feet so that's another thing too is if it's long term how are you making sure that you're keeping all the crap off the table that you you don't need to be on the table you're going to get enough stuff on here anyway you know Having that vortex mixer with that line run back through there, so it's just at arm's reach with no cord coming anywhere. Yeah, and just boom, and get back to painting. That's yeah. really helpful. Yeah. Let's talk hobby desk size and where you should put your desk. Are I, I think ideally you want to be against a wall, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's best because you can take advantage of the wall if you're not in like a, a rental situation, or if you can like put things in the wall. That's super helpful for uh, making the most of the space you have. Um, in terms of desk size, in my brain, I always thought bigger was better, but that isn't necessarily true, especially when it comes to width. If, yeah. if your desk is against a wall, uh, and you, and you need to get to stuff on the wall, having a, a wide desk actually makes it hard to reach. 
I've yeah. had this desk against multiple walls with things on the, the you know the, the other wall. Or, sorry, yeah, whatever. You know what I'm saying. And it's actually hard to get to. I need to actually stand up to get to it. Yeah. So I used a door to make my desk surface, which is pretty common. Um, but it's like 31, 30-odd inches wide. And it actually is difficult to get to the other side. So that's worth thinking about. Yeah. I I feel that 100%. So mine runs the entire wall. It's L-shaped. But I found that it doesn't need to be any bigger than basically my arm's width. Like, put your arms out like, a, like an eagle. Yeah, that's if great. It's, if it's further out than that, what you end up doing is you just put crap on further out, and it just collects there. Yeah. It's not stuff you end up really using or needing. Um, and so it's, it's kind of nice from like a, like a short-term storage position. Like, as I was bu- I'm building stuff for my Night Lord's Army, as models are built, they go out of arm's reach in a stack over there. Cause I'm going to use those again somewhat soon. I don't need them there. They could easily be in a shoebox somewhere else or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I'd say ideally um, you'd want your workspace to be more or less your wingspan. That's great. So, I didn't think about that, but that makes a lot of sense. If it's less than that, like when I first started painting my first, before I built the space year and a half, my desk was only like probably as, wide is a little bit wider than this yeah i had a little ikea yeah. desk that was like a piece of crap yeah yep and that's fine because it, the only thing it, it restricts you on is really is you're working through a project the space you have kind of around you for all your other stuff mm-hmm. you know you just you don't have as much space for things to sit out while you're using them like your big thing of mineral spirits or a, a whole bunch of paints or whatever you just you're kind of restricted in that yeah um it doesn't make you a worse painter it doesn't mean you can't accomplish as much or more than anybody else. Yeah. Um, so any any size space that's like I said, a card table is a great example of the width of a card table. Um, you can make that work, but don't think just if you had an infinite budget and an entire room to do whatever you wanted, that a giant desk was the way to go. Yeah. You kind of find quickly that's like that. Actually, I'd rather this be more like a shelving unit or a cabinet with doors that inside I could get to stuff I don't need to get to all the time. Yeah. But it's just more storage. And I found that's like more storage, whether it's for models, whether it's for gear, whether it's for whatever, um, you'll end up filling it up. Yeah. More kits, more boxes of yeah. models unpainted. Also, like the Alex Steele YouTuber uh, intentionally doesn't put horizontal surfaces in his workspace because no matter what shit always collects on horizontal surfaces that's true so the bigger your desk basically the more of a fly trap it's going to be for just crap to put things on and if you're in a shared space it might be things that aren't even yours you know yeah, that's true so that can be a thing uh also on desks um let's talk desk height let's mm. talk desk sturdiness card tables while it's usable not sturdy at all. Right. Right. I've painted on them. It's good, but I wouldn't want that to be a long-term thing if possible. This thing, that wasn't very confidence inspiring. <laughs> um, but when I'm sitting here with my elbows on the table is rock solid. Um, I think having a sturdy desk for miniature painting is probably more of an important thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. You need to be able to brace yourself mm-hmm. feet flat on the floor and, you're not having you're just minimizing any any wobbliness whether it's from yourself yeah. or it's from the desk yeah and i think i might know why my desk is wobbling a little bit and that is regarding desk height um 
So I used to, this was 19 inches high, which is the typical height, not 19 inches. It's whatever height is like a dinner table. That's like the common one. That's how I made the height of this desk. It's and really then 25, I, I think. I can't remember what it is. This is like a standard thing. And then I boosted my chair up all the way and I used to paint on my elbows. Um, and I wanted the desk to be lower, basically like touching the tops of my thighs um, because the lower I can have the, the the model, the more I can get over it with my head, right? Mm-hmm. If if my hands are at the height of my face, I can't really get over the model as I rotate it toward myself. Um, that's, that's, that's something to think about if you're painting on your elbows. If you're not an elbow painter, um, then you want to put your elbows maybe on the arms of your chairs or you want to hug them into your rib cage and have your wrists resting on the desk. Um, which means your desk needs to be maybe higher and you need to be lower. And that's what I did with my, I have these like leg risers on my desk that raised it up six inches. And now I can like go Hobbit mode (laughs) and I can paint right here with my wrists on uh, my desk. And I thought at times that maybe this would get uncomfortable. Like I'd need like a little bit of a cushion right here. And so far I'm okay. I don't need anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good question on the height. I think having something that's flexible, because like you said, over time, you may change your position yeah, in, how you, in how you paint. But you know, you're still going to have that stabilization in some form or another. And if you don't, you better start doing that like Denzel does. Yes. And <laughs> having some flexibility. Obviously, your chair can go up and down. Yeah. You can't, once, you're, once your table is there, that's kind of stuck. To me, the biggest thing is not working at a space where you have to hunch over and have bad posture in order to paint in a way that is comfortable and, and good for you. Because over time, that's going to do a number on you. Yeah. So having a good chair, I think, is is something to think about. Um, doesn't have to be the best chair, but just something that's comfortable over time. Um, and then the height. I, Bro, you're talking shit uh, about my chair right now? Your chair smells like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Does it? <laughs> I just imagine it does. I'm going to get a whiff right. I'm going to get whiff right now. All right. Give me the smell. I should have tooted in that before he did this. Your face says it smells like Funyuns and dog poop. It, you know, there's the faintest smell of ass. <laughs> it's, it's just generations of ass buildup. <laughs> generations. <laughs> Condensed. <laughs> It's like a like a sous vide machine is like sucked it all in. <laughs> all right, yeah, a good chair is probably a good thing. Um, I went with a a kitchen countertop height for mine. Um, I thought it would be better <clears throat> because it's higher. It's thirty two inches as standard kitchen countertop height, and that way I wouldn't have to lean over very much. Um, in hindsight. I don't know if it's the perfect solution. It's not a bad solution. I don't necessarily regret it. Um, but you have to take into account that your chair has to be able to get up high enough. And if you're a short person, then your feet are going to be dangling. So you almost want like a step stool or something because you need for that for stabilization. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that height is okay. I don't necessarily say you need it. I did it mostly for cost reasons. Like it was cheaper for me to have all like the cabinets from uh you know, a prefab Lowe's is where I got it from place. couple cabinets, I kind of put my own countertop on it, a cheap laminate countertop that's, you know, sturdy and resistant to everything for your kitchen. It's going to be fine for what we need it for. And I got that space done fairly, 
really well. Now, I kind of wish it was about three, four inches lower, um, but I think it still works. So yeah, just keep in mind the height and the comfortability. You know, the counter thing is interesting because isn't the edge of a counter rounded? It is. So that, I think that'd be nicer for uh, the way I paint because mine is like a 90 degree corner. Yeah, it is. It is very nice for so that. So I was thinking I was just take a router with a little round over bit and just kind of zip right on this edge. Just make it nice and round. Yeah. We just want to make sure that you, yeah, then you sand it really well and then you put paint and poly over it so you don't splinter yourself yeah because your this is a uh, the inside of this door is not what the outside material is it's like a composite uh, or osb or something like that inside yeah you might want to do just a shallow curve then because if you dig into that i have to like hit it with resin and sand it hit it yeah, with resin to make it like a smooth it's thing it's always gonna be chipping away yeah all right, we're thinking about. I just get well, just get a pool noodle and uh, cut one side of the pool noodle and stick the pool noodle against. <laughs> I got bumpers on my yeah. desk. <laughs> oh baby. Um, okay, I want to talk really briefly about lights. Yeah, now, my my opinion on lights has slightly changed. Not so much of what's good. You know, want a a cool light for something around five thousand. That's close to daytime, yeah? To daytime. Somewhere in the 5,000 to 5,500 Kelvin range. The one thing that I have changed my opinion on and when I'm in the process of building a space to allow for this is the location of the lights. Usually we paint with the lights directly above us. And what that does is it's, it's forming a, a, a shadow on the mini from directly above. But your eyes are coming at a different angle. Yes. So you'd like, at least in my mind, you'd like the light to be almost as if it's right over your shoulders in a large light so it kind of can encompass all the model. But that way you're seeing the light, you're seeing the model, with the light hitting straight the same direction as your eyes. So you're seeing naturally what is there on the model, not what shadows are being cast from a light from above. So you're seeing a truer version of what the model looks like. Yeah, Do sometimes people. Agree? I think I agree, but I think I mostly agree f because I make videos of what I'm painting. Well, I don't know. I was just watching Jose, uh, Jose Da Vinci, Jose something with a D, Angel Geraldes's partner. I started a YouTube channel, and he was painting a black cloak, and I was watching him do that. Um, and the first thing he starts out with is he says, "Okay, look at how the light's being cast on this." cloak that's just flat black right now based on the light from the lamp i'm going to hold it exactly here and scratch in some very large dark dark gray brown highlights and then once i'm done doing that now i can move okay so now i can get back to painting how i want to paint now that i've sketched it out and he does that because he has a lamp probably more top down mm -hmm. now i assume you could do that if the lamp was on your shoulder but it might be more awkward you might need to kind of like angle it toward the thing and kind of get on the side of it and kind of do stuff like that so i guess it depends if, if you're someone who uses the lamp in that capacity maybe you want it more top down but i think in general a big soft light maybe you can split the difference and have it kind of like kind of top down but kind of sneaking yeah. there is a good thing. It'll give you a nice clinical image of the mini miniature to to, to paint. I, th I think you're right. I think there's a middle ground there. Yeah. Um, just slightly tilted, you know, so you just can see truer forms of, of what you're painting instead of what the shadows. Because it could be hard to tell. And then you don't even necessarily know until, like, you set it up to take a nice picture of the model. 
Yeah. And you realize then, it's like, well, there's not as actually as much contrast in darkness and depth in the shadows than I thought. Yeah. Because the way the light was straight down, it was it was darker naturally there. So yeah, that'll that'll help. Um, I'll talk about lights more. Let's okay. So I used to paint a lot at, as a young kid at a games workshop, and obviously you don't have any lamps there, right? No. So I was like, how was I able to do that? And the the thing is, the store has shop lights essentially, you know, or or they have like a drop ceiling and they have like panels that are like giant lights. I'm like, okay, can can hobbyists take advantage of that at home? And one thing I set up was a shop light that was hung from my ceiling on chains. And I put a bunch of, you know, a bunch of CFL tubes in there. And that was great. It was kind of it was kind of far away from me and it was big. And the bigger your light, the softer it'll be because it'll cast less harsh shadows. Harsh shadows come from uh, a light that is small um, and also intense, like the sun. If you imagine the sun, it's incredibly far away. It's very tiny in the sky, um, and it's also very, very bright, so it casts very harsh shadows. So the bigger you can make your light in comparison to your subject, which is a miniature, not that hard, um, the softer the shadows will be on the model. That's, that's some profound statements. Yeah. It's kind of destructive, obviously. You know, like I had to drill like hooks into my ceiling and shit and like run a cable and it was kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Because the standard hobby light. So if you just want to use like an Ikea light, what we're all kind of used to. Totally works. It totally works. Totally works. Totally works. Yeah. Totally works. No, not a third time. Totally works. <laughs> okay, there it is. We're, we're there. We're there. Is there anything else? I don't know. You're getting a little sleepy, so I think we're getting to the end of this part. No, I'm not sleepy. I was just I'm just stretching no, and I yawning. Wasn't sleepy. I'm just hush, 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 sleepy. Um, you need a USB powered mini fridge that can fit one can of soda at a time. Yes, just one. Yeah. And you need a, a intricate connection of tubes that shoots those one at a time from your regular fridge you can shunk and it just one shows up yeah and if your table could do like a james bond where it flipped in a 180 and then turned into a six by four gaming table that would also oh be yeah yeah complete with terrain too yeah but it needs to then be on a rail system that then it shoots it from your wall to the middle of the room yeah, Zunk. yeah. or uh just get a second gaming table because that's probably cheaper yeah or okay instead of the usb powered soda fridge just get those cool things that you get at like movie theaters with like the so like the thing you just kind of what do you want coke okay oh a little yeah gun. boom just build that into the desk yeah the, the fountain station thing yes okay that's good that's good <laughs> that's good all right all i right. see where we're going okay okay well let's let's take this up to 11 okay okay okay, okay. what if what if you just had a crown and the crown, instead of being adorned with many precious gems, <laughs> was just a headband with paint bottles on it. <laughs> yes. And each of those paint bottles could be grabbed off your head. Yeah. You don't need to leave ever. You're just, yeah. boom. Oh, I know. Dark Sea Blue is back here behind my yeah, right you ear. You can't see the paint. No. You need to memorize the location of each one. Okay. And so the paint band is okay. what we're going to term this. It's like if Batman were stupid, yeah. he'd put his utility belt on his forehead. Yeah, because we, we don't have time to go down to our waist. No. We're my just hands can paint. only stay here. Yeah. Yeah. So there we The paint band. Yeah. That's what you really need. Yeah. Okay. Next. <laughs> If you had a TV the width of your desk, 
just right in front of you. Okay. So you could be showered in electronic light just constantly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So full, like a 65 inch TV. Yeah. Well, like eight inches from your face. <laughs> yeah. Just constantly playing like season three of The Office. Yes. Just, okay. That's like the screensaver. Is this the God. <laughs> okay. This is stupid. Uh, <laughs> All right. Out of the news. Speaking of lights, we have lights in the news today. Oh, my God. God. Okay. I want to maybe take a break here because the new social media person from Redgrass Games reached out to me and they were like really nice. They're like, hey, I appreciate that you don't want to make a video about a, you don't want to make a video advertising a product you don't like. I'm like, thank you for, for telling me that. And then they fucking do this. They make, okay, they don't, they, okay, it's not like they didn't do anything bad, but it's just kind of funny how they <laughs> advertise this thing. Uh, Redgrass Games has, I don't know if it's upcoming Kickstarter about a, a hobby lamp that they have. Yeah, it's going to be on Kickstarter soon, mid-2021. And, you know, it looks like a fine lamp. Like, it looks similar to the one that you have. It's a skinny LED thing on an articulating arm. Um, and it's just like the, the, the advertising words they use. Experience color like never before. Full spectrum LED for the best possible color rendering. Simply put, it's the best you will find anywhere. And I love this quote that is attributed to no one. <laughs> Quotes around it, but no source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No other task that can deliver. No, no other one can deliver the exact color rendering as precise as the red grass task lamp. It is truly one of a kind. Lighting perfected. perfected. Bruh. Like you are seriously huffing your own juices. Like this is, this is ridiculous, right? It cannot deliver on all of these things that it's delivering on. No. There's no way. We, we a $30 just... lamp? No way. Is it $30? I'm going to guess it's 30, 20, 40, somewhere in there, maybe. Oh, I, I, yeah, 50, I was, 60. What do you I think? I was going to say we were gonna, we need to do a bet on uh on how much this thing is going to go for. My guess is 80 bucks. 80 bucks. That's my guess. Is it, what's the name of the that lamp that I have? It's, oh, the popular one that everyone uses? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but I, I know what it is. It's I, white. I yeah, it's going to bug me. But. All the painters have it. Yep, they're they're great for travel mm-hmm. too because it's a nice, really clear daylight and it folds down. Oh, but anyway, it looks just like one of those. Every aspect of this avant-garde product is it a good thing for your hobby lamp to be avant-garde? Apparently, I. What? Okay. Anyways, uh, and we just talked about the size of the light effects. That's true, yeah, and it's a skinny little. It's a thing. skinny little, like a single. I, I just pictured like a single LED strip is inside of that thing. Yeah, it's just not going to be enough. Now, is if you have Ot Light, goddamn, I thought of it. Ot Light, that's the light I'm thinking of. That's not what I'm thinking of, but that works kind of the same way. If if you have like an Ot Light, an Ot Light will do what this does, and it's a nice light. The problem is it's not bright enough. It's not. It's not a big enough light. Yeah. Now. Can you paint by it? Can you be, you know, become a award-winning painter by painting under an outlight? Absolutely, you can. My th- my thoughts are: if this does go between the around the eighty dollar mark, you're better off investing that money in an actual nice big light. Yeah, like there there is a task lamp that I, that's not the outlight one, that is a similar form factor to this that a lot of 
uh, uh, Mantra Painter is used, and it is kind of in that eighty dollars price range. Well, the one like Emil has. Um, yeah, that, that that's the one. That's yep. the one. Like Ben Comments has it. Like they they kind of all have it. They put stickers on it. They always bring it to cons. I always see it. Um, I'm looking at this first image, and it looks large. It looks like it can really get high, which is like I guess it's a good thing. Um, if this has, <laughs> I always think it's funny whenever lights have like you can change the brightness and the color temp, and it's like you know. I'm going to put it on max brightness. I'm going to put it at a color temp and it's never going to fucking move. So like that added functionality, like really isn't that useful. And in fact, it can change its temperature and some, some can't I've, I've seen lights that can't like hobby lights specifically that can do that. And what's funny is that decision makes your lights actually weaker because the way bi-color lights work is say you have a hundred LEDs, right? Mm -hmm. 50 of them are warm. 50 of them are cold. And to get max brightness, you need to shoot right in the middle at like the 4,400 Kelvin mark. But if you if you veer to, to the left of that or the right of that at all, your light is actually losing power because you're using less LEDs. Yep. Um, so actually, it'd be, it'd be smarter if they just picked a static uh, temperature and just stuck to it. Yeah, that and you go with, we're, we're making a statement and we're making a product to be best for this purpose. Yeah. Then you should... You should put know your what, foot in the sand and say, "This is where this is what works best." This is what works best. Yeah. You shouldn't have a choice. Yeah. So, I love you guys at Redgrass Games, but yeah, the the advertising material I think is just so it's so OTT, it's so ridiculous. Like what what they are advertising is it just can't be true. Um, it might be a solid light. It could be, yeah, but it's not lighting redefined. Come on, bro. All right. Anyways, no shitting on Redgrass Games. Okay. They make fine stuff. Yeah. All right. Witch Hunter? Witch Hunter? With the derpiest looking daughter ever? The face is so weird. Uh, Vince is still staying true to the fact that he thinks it's the way that they painted it. Okay. Which may be the case. I don't think so. I mean, obviously you can improve it with paint, but I think the sculpt is a little bit weird. So we're talking about new uh, revealed Witch Hunter models for Age of Sigmar. Yeah, and the implications of this. Oh, City of Azir, I believe, is where they're they're from. Oh, okay, so they're just like... Yeah, from a gaming perspective, I don't think they're actually going to be pulling out a full army. I think this no? will be a new city within Cities of Sigmar. Okay. And models that are a, a handful of models that are kind of focused towards this city and then you can use other cities of sigmar models and stuff that's my guess more of a witch hunter demon hunter vampire hunter themed version but they're not going to pull a whole army out of this mm-hmm. that's my thought but they are really cool design they really fall in line with the the witch hunter that's in the cursed city box yeah i really like that just give us a classic interesting fantasy style models within the capacity of the new GW model making abilities. Yeah. And it does that so well. I think that they're really, really cool. Also, they have multiple options within these. Oh. Like the chick, you don't like her face? She's got a awesome big witch hunter hat that's that's pushed down. Did I miss that? Was that in that post? Then like the new model Monday post? I I don't know if it's well if you go to Warhammer community you can find it. Okay. But also the the dad so he's got, in one hand, he can either hold a torch or a sword. In the other hand, he can either hold a gun or a sword. I don't know if he's got any swatches, swaps, swatches, swaps for his head, but you can have him equipped differently. Cool. And the, the girl's got a different head swap and I think something else too. So that's not what GW's been doing lately. It's all been 
monopose, this goes together like this. Okay. The most that they've had is things like like the Mortec Guard. You can either put a a sword or a spear, maybe. Spear. Yeah. But those were all like you just put the whole arm in. Yeah. This is like a hero model with just slight tweak options. Like when they used to do, and they probably still do it, for like Space Marine lieutenants and stuff, and they got the helmeted version. Yeah, yeah, And the regular head version. Yeah. That's That's cool. cool. I I like it giving you different options for weapons, though. Absolutely. In an otherwise monopose kit. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. So you think it's going to be a city thing, Cities of Sigmar thing. Yes. Okay. That's interesting, because, you know, to me, Cities of Sigmar just seems like a throwaway thing. It just seems like a. we just want to make people happy that played these races in Warhammer Fantasy Battle by making them all just a giant soup uh, fucking rule book. So it's cool that, that you think they're going to put like more effort into it, which I, I could see totally happening. Um, yeah, to me, I guess a more ridiculous thing is like a witch hunter army. Like, you know, that's kind of like that's spreading a little bit too much. That's spreading. That's spreading what is it? What's the quote here? too little butter over too much bread you know that's an idea that's cool the bilbo quote but yeah but might not apply to an entire army you know who knows yeah i mean hell they did it with sisters they took a ridiculous thing and just made it cranked it up to 11 yeah but what's the ridiculous thing female religious zealots no the ridiculous thing is the flagellants and the giant floating like procession of a funeral yeah, but what's the idea they're trying to they're trying to stretch too far? I don't think they're stretching the idea too far. I think just the way when, oh, they, when, okay. when they expanded the range beyond the awesomeness that is the basic troops, the basic aesthetic for the models, yeah. and like put it into like their war machines and their bigger models and all that stuff. It just suddenly like it crumbles and it just looks too silly to me. You're telling me, me if we got a witch hunter army, you would not want a horse drawn carriage that had a fucking organ in it. No, I wouldn't want that. No, you wouldn't want that. No, I, wouldn't. <laughs> okay. I would want like a big old, like cat <laughs> ballista thing where like there's someone's cranking this, this giant freaking ballista with the, with the giant stake launchers and stuff. That's kind of funny. Yeah, that's fun. Um, <laughs> Oh man, I don't organ think so. pipes could shoot stakes out, dude. It could be like <laughs> mortars, dude. <laughs> yeah, you hit a chord and it's like <laughs> I kinda like that. All right. Uh anything else you want to reach say about out that? to us, GW design team. We'll tell you how it is. <laughs> uh oh uh, yes. Um scale seventy five is as of April second was the latest thing that I found on their Facebook advertising casting services and both this and the Redgrass games i saw you farting <laughs> both this and the Redgrass games things are both emails from uh our viewers so if you want if you got some news and you want to send it to, out to us uh news at trapped is the way to go we'll uh, talk about it on the podcast possibly yeah but yeah so there are uh supplying casting as a service um and also they have a whole services section on their website which also includes packaging making packaging for stuff i don't know how recent this was that they added it to their website but I, it's the first time that we've noticed it and it's interesting so if you are maybe spanish or or in maybe italian or like in that area uh, it's nice when your caster is kind of like local to you um yeah. uh yeah check that out you might do some cool stuff for you that's really cool it's nice it's like opening up the doors for um for more people to get into that realm of making their own miniatures because yeah. There's a lot of in the back end. That's a lot of investment and technical side and all that stuff. There's not a lot of companies that have all that's needed to do it. 
Yeah. I will say, as a word of caution, getting into bed with a caster that has their own model range that they care about more than yours, undoubtedly, sometimes doesn't work out. I've tried twice, and it's not worked twice. So, worth thinking about. You're Ofer. I am. I'm Ofer. <laughs> Ofer too, bud. Okay. Last thing. Cursed City, bigger than Indominus. What? <clears throat> Never. I sacrilege to claim such a thing. <laughs> How dare you? I uh, I pre-ordered Cursed City through a uh, online distributor. Not a distributor, but a company that takes pre-orders and stuff. They will not be named. A big one. A big one. A they, big boy. A big, big hitter. Heavy hitter. Is this related? Ball Why? sack swinging. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You got no marbles. Um, and I placed the order and, and he was like, okay, it's coming out fast and heavy and all this stuff is going on. <laughs> and when he came back to me to confirm my order, and this was just as of this recording, this was just either yesterday or the day before. So the pre-orders had been up for like five days. And he said, I didn't push him on this, but he said, that the pre-orders for Curse City, the numbers are bigger than Indominus was. That that particular person you bought it from. Yes. Okay. That's I mean that's that's indicative. Right. And so it's it's hearsay. I get it. It's hearsay. It's one Is person. It it's not just one person. It's one person who runs a company that does pre-orders for the product. Yeah. And they so do they have a some stats. They have some it's, stats. Yeah. Um. I think that's awesome. I don't care one way or the other if it beats Indominus or doesn't beat Indominus. The fact that this is so popular um, is a good thing. Yeah. We're going to see a lot of Soul Black Great Lord armies. We're going to. I don't know. No? I think we're going to, but I don't know if it's going to. It's going to be as many as is these, these numbers indicate. Because okay. a lot of people, they want it. The, the models are awesome. The box is awesome. The game looks cool. Okay. But that doesn't mean they necessarily want to play vampires. Because remember, you're the good guys in the box, not the not the actual cool people. That's true. I suppose, I I, I just figure most people buy GW products for the minis. Right? Yeah, and, of course they do. And the majority of the models in that box. The games aren't any good. Are, <laughs> are vampires and evil ghouls and stuff like that. So maybe not. The, the heroes are also awesome. They are awesome. That, that fucking what up. Can I just be salty for a second? Yes. Why didn't you send me a Cursed City box, GW? God damn it. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Gotta buy mine like everyone else? Jesus Christ. Speaking of, I'm getting mine. <coughs> Either first thing tomorrow or deep into the night. In Tonight? A, in an alleyway. Yeah, you need to go out in the light of the full moon yeah. and wear your Matrix leather trench coat. It would not be the first time I've done that to get a model like literally 12 hours early mm -hmm. it's like it's like going to a movie premiere at midnight on thursday kind of yeah it's like standing outside the GameStop on release day an hour before it opens like it's something cool about that yeah it's like i get it first that's <laughs> great other than goobs goobs got away before all of us goobs paying it up he painted two characters god goobs hitting that hitting that ground running yeah dude he painted the the captain in the witch hunter I watched that video. Yeah, me too. Good job, goobs. <laughs> you jerk. All right. <laughs> More jealous of you. I mean, like, uh, yeah, I am, honestly. Uh, yeah, I want to, to paint them. I was like, when I was figuring out what I was going to do for this video, 
for the did the you consider painting one of the models i was like man i didn't have anything set in stone for this video mm-hmm. and so i was like man if i had curse city model right now i could be facing curse city for this yeah and i can't <laughs> because gw doesn't like free advertisement <laughs> god Okay, I could rant for a while about that, but we're not. That is the end of the news segment. Seg, seg, uh, uh, mm. Segment. Samsonite. All right. Welcome to the end of the podcast. We're happy to have you along in this journey. And we hope that you <laughs> go watch Training Day. <laughs> if you want to support the podcast, what, what can they the, do? What I can want they you do? to go to the... What can they- Are you done? <laughs> I want you to go to the tallest building in your city with a <laughs> megaphone and shout from the rooftops. Tip tender, please do <laughs> Maybe like three or four times. No. Yeah. Don't do that. You might get in trouble with the law. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. <laughs> uh, if you actually want to support us, you can do that multiple ways. You can buy our merch, which we're not wearing right now. Uh, but but trust us, it, it exists. It exists. It's linked in the show notes in the below in the description uh, to our Teespring. You can also support us on Patreon and get access to an extended episode of the podcast, which we talk about fun things like a favorite miniature that we have found from someone else in the community in the last two weeks. Talk about new things we've tried uh, in the hobby and, and what went right, what went wrong. We also chat about uh, giving feedback to one of our viewers. Obviously, as being a patron, you can uh, give us our your models for feedback, and you can also... Yeah, mail them to us. Give us your yeah, models. Yes, we keep them. We keep them uh, <laughs> forever. And you can also do another thing that I can't remember, so I'm going to keep speaking until I remember it. It is suggesting topics, topics for the podcast. For the podcast. Today was uh, one from Anthony. Anthony. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, we appreciate that a lot. Um, yeah, you can also tell our podcast. Tell our podcast. You talk can talk to it. To it. You can tell it your grows nerd- like a plant. You can t- <laughs> I'm fucking butchering this. <laughs> you can tell your nerd friends about our podcast and give us a rating on wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Podcasts or any of the other weird ones like iHeartRadio apparently has one now. Mm-hmm. They do. They, yeah. Isn't Are they the one? No, Spotify is the one that has Joe Rogan. Spotify, yeah, that's the radio. Waiting for that Spotify money. Come on, Spotify. Uh, We will go exclusive. Yeah. For ten million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, just a cool ten milli. Yeah, that's like five percent of what Joe Rogan got. We're worth that. (laughs) 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 If I guess we just keep telling ourselves that it'll become true someday. Yeah. I think that's the goal. Okay. Or we'll be living under a bridge under I-35, <laughs> talking into old bean cans to each other, not connected to any kind of technology. Oh, like with like little strings? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Just re- just regressing to childhood. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to Trapped Under Overpass. <laughs> this is Meth John. <laughs> the upgraded version. <laughs> I never sleep. <laughs> All right, you got anything else you want to tell the uh, goody peepees? Uh, just that hard cookies are best cookies. You're all special because you're a goody pee-pee. And we're thinking of you until we next catch you on the flippity-flop.